Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, creeps, to week one of was this the third annual? No, third, fourth. No, third. We didn't do it the first time. Right, third annual Octoberama. This is Week of the Vampire. Indeed, it is. Yeah. I thought to suck your blood. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is a mini mini episode. Um, we're not going to do any horror business. Uh, we will be doing a full episode next week because remember, October Rama is every week in er, October. Er week, er week. <clears throat> Whether we like it or not. This was, <laughs> hey, this was your idea. You know, just remember that. <laughs> Well, it's just so stressful because we are on vacation every weekend in August. Yeah. Well, not everyone, but most of them. Well, I mean, between the two of us, I think it is everyone. No, maybe not the last one. The last couple, I think, were, were good. I think. Then we're going to have the Halloween party. Right. And we still have to film our short. Yeah. So there's that. There is that. We're very busy. Anywho. <laughs> um. So yeah, short episode, just uh, two reviews. Uh, as this is Week of the Vampire, we have two vampire-related movies. Um, what do you want to start with? How have you not picked Vamp yet? I almost did, <laughs> honestly, because uh, next week we're doing Week of the, of the Zombie, as we do with our anniversary episodes. Um, and I actually picked the first zombie movie that I can remember seeing that scared the shit out of me even though it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll save that for next week. I almost picked Vamp for the same reason, though. But honestly, it's like I don't remember Vamp well enough for it to have that kind of psychological effect on me. Mm. So it's like, I don't know. I don't have that emotional tie with it, I guess. Okay. So um, what movie would you like to start with, Taylor? Let's start with A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. <laughs> Say that right? Yeah, I could tell that you were thinking about it. <laughs> <clears throat> a lonely girl walks home solo at midnight on the night of a, a night. I keep wanting to say a girl walks alone home at night, 
but that's like not only does that sound grammatically incorrect, <laughs> it's just not the title of the movie. No, it's not. Um, so, go ahead. This is a uh, a Persian film. See, I thought it was Iranian. It is, but it. Oh right, because Persia language doesn't exist. Persian. <laughs> <laughs> the language is Persian. Uh, in Persian, it's called. I'm going to sound very Caucasian here. Doktari dar sab tanabe zana miravad. Convince me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is billed as the first Iranian vampire western. I didn't pick up on the western part. Me neither. But, I mean, what do I know? Uh, written and directed by Anna Lily Amirpour. Am- Amirpour? Who's an American? Is I mean, she? She's she's Iranian, but she's she's Iranian American. And was this filmed in Iran? Because I think I remember that being like a big deal. No, this was filmed in California, oh. <laughs> in Kern County, which is like just north of Los Angeles. The film is described as being set in the Iranian ghost town Bad City. Yeah. Which yeah, they kept talking about that. I, I couldn't tell if she was being like, "This is a bad city. You shouldn't be here." No, no, it's just but, called the, Bad City. Yeah. Then I picked up on. No, no, that's the the name of it is Bad City. Yeah. Like that movie, Dark City. Right. It's just called Dark City. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Kern County, uh, I mean, it's it's definitely not as uh, populous as Los Angeles County, but... Not a ghost town? Well, I mean, it's 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 desolate. I mean, it's there's a lot of, like, open, open fields and stuff, but um, I, I, I don't... I've never been to Iran obviously but um i don't picture it looking like that but i I, I don't know for sure but (laughs) anyway so uh this is about a a a guy believe it or not uh named arash and his dad ranjit (laughs) hello (laughs) ranjit's been having some hard times it was so weird seeing ranjit being a junkie yeah Doing fucking heroin in between his toes. Um, so yeah, his dad's on on the the not the white pony. That's cocaine, right? Yeah. What's, uh, what's the metaphor for heroin? Is there a metaphor? The bad horse. Is that it? Okay. I think so. I think I think like a bad trip is called bad horse. This, bad horse. What's chasing, bad horse. What's chasing the dragon? What is that? Uh, meth? <laughs> we sound so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we do drugs all the time. <laughs> That's why we don't know any of this. <laughs> we're, just, we're just saying things that we picked up on the street. <laughs> uh, chasing the dragon is apparently a game. <laughs> That's not right. iOS. <laughs> um... Referring to inhaling the vapor from a heated solution of morphine, heroin, oxycodone, opium, or yaba. Yaba. So I guess maybe chasing the dragon? Maybe. I don't know what he's doing. He's sticking needles in his toes. That's all I know. Gross. Yeah. And so then uh, his dealer, who is this guy with a super cool Iranian tattoo on his head. which a wicked cool mustache. Which also goes onto his face. And then he has the word sex tattooed on his throat. Yeah. (laughs) He's awesome. (laughs) Uh, He's walking alone at night. He's just walking along. (laughs) 
He, he's walking alone at night, and he encounters the titular girl. Guess what she's doing? Walking alone. Yep. And it's night. And she, presumably she's going home. I, I don't know, but the title says so. <laughs> she never really says where she's going, but one has to assume. And uh, they go back to his place, and he puts on some of the best moves I've ever seen. Dude, so good. Nothing gets a girl in the mood like some trance music and just doing lines of cocaine in front of her. <laughs> and then if that doesn't work, just start doing some curls. <laughs> Don't actually say a word to her during any of this. <laughs> you gotta get that pump on. Get swole, bro. <laughs> Women like it when you get pumped right in front of them. And uh, you, you quickly you quickly come to find out that this girl is a vampire. Right. And she's wearing a, a, a chador, not a burka. Apparently there's a difference. Because a burka covers your face? I, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. I just know that she was wearing a chador, not a burka. Okay. But there are scenes where you see her not wearing it. Yeah, which is weird because I thought that those were like religious things that they wore like pretty much at all times. But when she's at home, she doesn't wear it. No. And she listens to... So when she gets to she home... She to American indie music and right. dances around. And skateboards. Skateboards? You're, yeah, she skateboards like a few times. Why do I not remember her skateboarding? I don't know, because it was really hard to pay attention to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that might have something to do with it. That's possible. Um, so yeah, eventually she meets Arash when, when he's high on drugs. There's a lot of drugs in this. A lot of drugs. Um, he's at, at a costume party. And somebody's like, here, take this. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's like he's, he, he, he's selling the drugs that he got from this drug dealer because he found, found his dad's stash. The drug dealer took his car, took Arash's car to pay his dad's debts. Yeah. And so he goes to the drug dealer to get his car back or com- or no, he steals earrings from a client. Yes. And he's going to go give him the earrings to get his car back. But then he's he's either finds him dead or he's gone or something. I can't remember. He, he's dead. Yeah. And so he steals the drugs and then he's going to resell them. And then we're back to where we were. How did he end up taking them? Because he sold them to the girl he stole the, sold the earrings from. And then she gave him one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it wasn't like heroin. It was just a pill of some kind. Just ecstasy, I think. Probably. Or, yeah, they said it was ecstasy. Did they? Yeah. Oh. But he does not have a good time. <laughs> no, he had a bad trip. Yeah. And so he's walking home alone at night. <laughs> There's a lot of other people walking home alone yeah. at night in this. You never actually see her walking home. She's just kind of She's just out. walking. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so he, he runs into her, and he's dressed like Dracula. Mm. And so he says, hi, I'm Dracula. <laughs> and he's like, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. He's like, I'm Dracula. I'm out to suck your blood. <laughs> um, but he's like, I'm lost. And she's like, well, you're in Bad City. And he's like, I live in Bad City. I don't know where I am. <laughs> I'm in Bad City. That's where I live. <laughs> But he's like, I don't know this part of this bad city. I'm all then confused. 
<laughs> but so they they go back to her place. And uh listen to some sweet music. It's, it's they don't hook up then, right? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. But they instantly fall in love. Right. Like, like seriously, that. like right away. Yeah. And like three days later they're ready to run off together. Yeah. Very quick. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Which is weird because the movie was super long and very drawn out. Yes. <laughs> and also, they didn't even know each other's names. Right. <laughs> he uh, never found out her name, and she called him Dracula. Yeah. He called himself Dracula. He called too. himself Dracula. Well, yeah, not just when he introduced him, but like he left her a note. And he was like, meet me at the power plant. Love, Dracula. Right. Uh, he never knows that she's a vampire. Nope. That's another thing <laughs> yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, never. Like, throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Like, he gives her the earrings that he stole. But, excuse me. Um, and then he's... And then pierces her ear with a safety pin. Right. Um, and when he pierces the first one, she kind of... She vamps out. Fangs. Vamps up. Wolf out, wolf up, whatever it is you do. <laughs> hey, uh, wolf uh, guy. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's what, two weeks from now. No, we're not doing that this year. We're not doing werewolves? No. Are you sure? Yes. I thought that was our constant. No, vampires and zombies are the only constant. Because there's not four weeks every October. Right. You got it. You're on top of things. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, then... Uh, some other stuff happens. Some other stuff happens. Some other people die, and then the movie's over. Yeah. The movie just kind of ends. It really does. <laughs> the ending doesn't really make any sense. No. There's, um, uh, there's a part where the drug dealer gets a blowy in the back of a car. There's... Uh, the, the part where the, the girl is walking across the street from Ranjit and it's like he walks a couple steps and she walks a couple steps and he, and he stops and she stops and he raises his hand and she raises her hand. All I could think of was airheads. Just, <laughs> I was just waiting for Ranjit to do that. Bust out the robot dance. <clears throat> um, there were some characters in this like why were they there? I mean, like the hooker, the hooker. I mean, she had kind of a, a little bit of an arc in the story, but not much. And I would have thought that she was just like cannon fodder, but spoiler alert, she doesn't die. Yeah. Sorry guys, no dead hookers. <laughs> um, th there's like a cross dresser or transsexual or something. In a oh, couple. what? Just dancing around with the balloon? Yeah, what was that? That whole scene made no sense to me. Like, that character was in the movie earlier for, like, a minute. And then, yeah, the whole scene, we're dancing with a balloon, and that was it. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is this, and why? Why? Well, yeah, I didn't understand what was going on there. That was one of those, just, like, art house scenes. Yeah. And it's that like, oh, it's a black balloon, and it's indicative of death. <laughs> what? <laughs> Says who? <laughs> go, go back to your hole. <laughs> go back to your shanties. Happy Gilmore. 
Go back to your loft that you share with 18 other people. <laughs> Where you do art together and talk about philosophy. You all pay $17 in rent because <laughs> you all work in the same coffee shop. <laughs> I lived in Brooklyn. I know how it works. <laughs> um, this movie was... It seemed a lot longer than it was. I mean, it was kind of long. It was like probably about an hour and 40, somewhere in there. Something like that. It seemed longer. It did. And I had to rewatch it. Or not all of it, but I had to watch like the second half of it again because I just got completely lost. Like, And like fucking subtitle movies, man. What I tell you about that? <laughs> I've been wanting to watch this movie for a while. It's a SpectraVision movie. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be better. <laughs> Let me down, Elijah. <laughs> yeah, better, he was better like, make up for it for with Greasy Strangler. Um, yeah, it was. It was the the story was just so drawn out. There was just so much. Like each scene just took for fucking ever. There was no story. Well, not really. No, but I mean, any any. It's a boy meets girl story. But it's like she's a vampire, but he doesn't know. And then, like I said, the movie just ends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if there's any part of this movie I would want to see more of, it's what happens after that. Right. I to when see he finds like, out she's a vampire. I want to see like more vampire action. Yeah. Because I mean, it's really subdued and downplayed. Uh, I mean, you actually see her have like fangs, and you know actually feed on people which was actually surprising i didn't expect to actually see that in the movie um and she's it only happens like twice right like two or three times yeah i don't remember exactly but um something that i actually didn't even pick up on right away until i was kind of reading about this later was that she was like going after men that were abusive in some way to women. Makes sense. So she's kind of a feminist vampire. That's why she didn't attack Arash? I guess. Or be, was it because he was dressed like Dracula and she's like, oh, he's a vampire too, cool. <laughs> I'm sure. Like in Monsters, Inc., when they dress the little girl up as a monster, yeah. <laughs> nobody notices. Because <laughs> he had those plastic fangs. She was like, oh, that's legit. Right. <laughs> they look just like mine. <laughs> um, this is going to work. Have you noticed those plastic fangs have, uh, like, th- either three or five teeth in the front? No, I've never noticed. I, I can't remember if it's three or five, but it's an uneven number. So, like, you have, like, one tooth in the middle of the mouth. Like Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like I was saying, like, I mean, there is not a lot, of a, a lot of story, but the scenes in this took so long that it's like any plot points along the way, I kept losing them. Yeah, because the scenes that preceded them, or yeah, preceded them, um, were so long. It's like I 
started to forget what happened two scenes earlier because these scenes after took forever. What's the deal with the cat? The cat was in like every scene, but he had, it was like it was some kind of underlying plot point, but I don't know what the hell it was supposed to represent. I don't know. Because everybody is like, take the fucking cat with you when you leave. What's a fucking cat? Nobody wants a cat. But it was just like, why do they keep bringing up this goddamn cat? It's like they were filming and the cat kept jumping in the scenes. They were like, all right, just use it. Where did the cat come from to begin with? I don't remember. It was Arash's cat. He actually... Well, I mean, at the beginning, he had it. That's right. But then when he when he told his dad to leave, he said, take the cat with you. Right. At the very beginning of the movie, he's standing by what looks like a fence, but I think it was actually maybe like a, a shack of some kind. He's standing by there smoking, and then he goes inside and comes out with a cat. And that that's where the cat came from. Like I said, it's like it's, like it's a metaphor, but I have no idea what the hell for. I don't know. Because every person is like, take the cat with you when you leave. Yeah. It's like a gift basket or something. <laughs> when you leave, cake. take a cat. <laughs> Just get re- <laughs> gets re-gifted. Yeah. Um, and at one point, his dad thinks that it's like possessed by the ghost of his ex-wife. Right. And he just starts screaming at the cat. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? <laughs> um, at the... Oh, I won't give away the ending. That's the bummer about this. It's like it's a new movie. October on, we try to stick with older movies so we can just talk freely about them, but we can't spoil this one. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not brand new, but it's, like I said, it's one I've been wanting to watch for a while, and so yeah. it didn't really make sense to do it at any other time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's, I mean, it's hard for me to gauge the acting because I didn't understand a word they were saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's, I mean, I, you don't really notice how hard it is to do that until you experience it I guess um there towards the end I don't don't think this spoils anything but there's like they're they're driving along they're driving along (laughs) and then Arash just like pulls the car over and gets out and is just like kicking dirt and just like racking fracking (laughs) (laughs) and then he just gets back in the car and drives away it's like what just happened that was yeah um Feels like there's a couple scenes where it's just like these random things, and you're just like, I don't understand why that happened. Well, it actually took me a little piecing together. Like I really had to think about it, and <clears throat> what I could gather is that he knew what she had done, and I think a lot of it actually had to do with that cat because she had the cat now. Yeah. Okay. That seems a little thin. It's it's a reach. But it's better than nothing, I yeah, guess. That's what I inferred. Um, and so I have to assume that when he got out of the car, it was just some overdramatic gesture. It's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this. And they got get back in the car and does it anyway. So. Yeah. Off to, off to the their future together, apparently. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have overlooked that. That would have been a bigger deal to me. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about this movie. I was not a fan. <laughs> I would probably not watch this again. What did you think of the, the actual scenes of vampiric activity? 
wasn't really much to it. Yeah, most of it was kind of not off camera, but like maybe in the background or or like you would see like she would dive on someone and you would just kind of see the back of her head. Yeah. I mean, like you saw her fangs. But she never literally actually see her feeding on anyone. Right. Her uh Chador. I hope I don't know if it's Chador or Cador. Maybe the H is silent. I don't know. Um maybe it's Chater. Maybe. Um, but uh it kind of mimics a cape a little bit. Yeah. Or or like a wings or something. Yeah. Um I don't know if that was intentional. Probably, but anyway. Yeah, because like at one point she's got it open, and she encounters someone. I don't remember who it was, but she like pulls it closed. Yeah, uh, and, and it was almost like like she was like protecting herself or something. Yeah, and it's like I said, you know, she was wearing she she wore it basically almost like a cape. I mean, it had a head scarf part to it. And the rest of it was just kind of open and flowing. She was wearing, like, normal clothes underneath. Yeah, she had, like, a black and white striped shirt. I assume it was black and white. The movie is in black and white. So. Right. And then, I don't know, jeans or slacks or something. Yeah, it could be, like, capris or something. Yeah. Um, Very, like, modern clothing. Yeah, yeah. Like, American clothing. And, she, like I said, you know, it was always open and flowing. And when she was... At home, or I think even when she was at that the hooker's house, I can't remember her name. Ada, uh, Addie, Addie. Um, even when she's at her like when she's at her house, she wasn't wearing it either. So it seems like it's just kind of like her her going out car, garb, like somebody <laughs> putting on a coat or something. <laughs> but I was like I said earlier, like I thought those were like religious, like is Islamic. Uh, garments that had to be worn at all times yeah i'm reading here it's just like a an uh uh it's an iranian garb that females wear also known as a hada hadar huda shador an outer garment or open cloak worn by many Iranian women and female teenagers in public spaces or outdoors. It's open cloak. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So it is kind of like a cape with a with a headpiece. All right. Well, okay. Yeah, I, just, I thought no it was... hand openings or buttons, clasps, etc., but rather it is held closed by her hands or tucked under the wearer's arms. But she kind of kept her arms inside of it. Yeah. She kind of was like Batmaning. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like I, my initial, um, what's the word? Impression of this movie, like before I'd actually watched it, was it was like very, not like devout, but very, um, in keeping with like Iranian and like Islamic beliefs. But then, like, yes, yeah, I mean, she was wearing what seemed to me like not very um, what seemed to me like uh, very loose and secular almost clothing and she actually she does a, a topless scene at one point yeah 
Um, two of them, actually. Two? Yeah, there's the one in the bath. And then there was another one. I swear there was. The bath one's the only one I remember. I swear there was another one later. She takes her top off at the end, but she's like, she's facing away from the camera. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um. So yeah, it was it was not what I expected to see. Anyway, not important, I guess. Uh, it was. It was really weird seeing Ranjit do heroin. That's just. That's your takeaway. That's my takeaway. <laughs> that's like the first thing in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I I was watching it with my wife, or not with my wife, but she was on the couch next to me. My wife. Uh, I don't care who else does that. It's ours. <laughs> it's not ours. It's Borat's. We're doing We brought it back. <laughs> we made it funny. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she was watching something on her iPad next to me on the couch and um, he came on the screen. I'm like, wife, wife, it's Rajit, it's Rajit. Yeah, when he, when he first came on, I was like, that guy looks like Rajit. <laughs> oh shit, it is Rajit. <laughs> his, his character is named like Hossein or something like that. Hossein, yeah. 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 Uh, all right, well. It's, it's, it's interesting to me that this movie is like, it's a Persian language film. It's got Iranian actors in it. It's written and directed by an Iranian woman, but it was filmed in America. I have to assume they're just American actors. Or like Iranian-American. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily American-born, but living in America. Ranji, the character, is not Iranian, right? I don't think, it ever, I don't think they ever say. I think, he, I think he says he's from Bangladesh at one point. Oh, maybe. I, I don't know. I only know one person from Bangladesh, and they don't, he doesn't look anything like him. <laughs> I can think of one scene that, where he might have said it, but I can't think of what he said. Mm. It was the episode where Barney was really into Lebanese girls. He was like, Renji, you ever been to the Lebanese girl? And he's like, my wife is whatever. I guess that was more his wife, not him, though. Mm. Barney was like, the women there hot? He's like, here's a picture of my wife. And he goes, a simple no would have sufficed. <laughs> Did you know that the dude who played Sheldon auditioned to play Barney? Uh, um, uh, James something? From Big Bang Theory? Yeah. That wouldn't have been good. It would have been bad. Barney would have not been funny. Yeah, probably wouldn't have done done magic. Probably not. I have to believe the reason they made him do magic was because Neil Patrick Harris is prolific at magic. Right. And juggling. And singing and dancing and living. Just yeah, I mean, better at life than everyone. <laughs> the impression that I, I got that guy. <laughs> The impression I got from things I've read and, you know, stuff like that is that he got that role, you know, coming fairly fresh off of uh Harold Kumar and they essentially wanted to have a character that was like a family friendly version of that. Makes sense. So, and they got that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Still, so funny to me that Barney is gay in real life. Yeah, and the guy, the guy that plays Sheldon, like he's gay too. So it's yeah, it's like, was it like a a choice that they wanted to have a gay actor play him? I don't know. 
maybe to make him seem less threatening to the actually the female actresses on the show or was MPH out when that show started? You know, I don't know. I want to say he wasn't, but I don't I don't know for sure. I don't I don't either. Anyway, how long has he been married to Bill whatever? Couldn't tell you. Scooter. <laughs> uh anyway. They have an awesome family unit. Like I, I love their family. They have two kids? Two kids, yeah. And their Halloween costumes are awesome. Just on point. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I'm telling you, just I want to be Neil Patrick Harris. Minus the gay thing. <laughs> Minus the gay thing. That's just a personal <laughs> preference. Nothing against gay people, but I don't think it's a personal preference. For me, I mean Oh, like, for you. I thought you meant for gay people. No, like, no, no. That's what they're working against. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying for me, I choose to be straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's not. <laughs> um, okay. So, final thoughts on this movie? Um, like you said, it's it's not only really that nothing happens, it's just that it takes too long for things to happen. It's individual scenes are too long. Yeah. And so it, it kind of like it, it kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. gets really slow and then something happens again and then it gets slow and then something happens again. So I don't know. It's okay. It's not great. It's not even necessarily good. Yeah. But it's, it's there. It's it's a, a movie. Yeah. Number. Uh, I go four. All right. Um, you know the fact that I had to go back and watch it again doesn't speak well <laughs> for it. Um, and I just I really was having a I mean I said I was having a hard time following it, um and and staying interested, um. I felt like I, just, I really felt like I didn't get anything out of it. I was really trying to be open-minded about it, and it just I, I got nothing. Um, so I, I'll say three. Okay. All right. So next up for this episode is another vampire movie. Uh, from we did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> from nineteen ninety one, I think. Close enough. Based on the novel by Anne Rice, it's Interview with the Vampire. Oh, what do you say we get started? So you want me to tell you the story of my life? I'll tell you my story. I'll tell you all of it. I'm flesh and blood, but not human. I haven't been human for 200 years. From the novel by Anne Rice. From Neil Jordan, the director of The Crying Game. I've come to answer your prayers. Life has no meaning anymore, does it? His name is Lestat. What if I could give it back to you? Pluck out the pain and give you another life. One you could never imagine. I can see you lying on a bed of satin. (laughs) He chose one man. He gave him infinite power. Eternal life. And a daughter who would be forever young. This is the only real evil left. 
never knew what life was until it ran out in a red gush over your lips. I can't stand this any longer. You made us what we are, didn't you? God kills indiscriminately, and so shall we. You like dying? You condemn me to hell! Kirsten Dunst and Christian Slater. Interview with the Vampire. Ninety-four. Right. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, so, Interview with the Vampire from nineteen ninety-four. Um, Stars old middle tooth himself. <laughs> we did that on purpose. <laughs> Um, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this movie. I'm sure everybody and their fucking mother's seen it. I don't know if my mom's seen it. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not your mom. <laughs> maybe not Taylor's mom has, has seen it. Maybe not my mom. I don't know. Maybe my, maybe no mothers have seen it. <laughs> my parents have this debate about where my love of horror movies came from. Because my dad was like, you must have gotten that from your mom. Because she used to always drag me to the drive-in movies to watch these horrible slasher movies. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, maybe you got it from your cousin? I don't know. I don't know. I know where mine came from. <laughs> yeah. Um, Same place you got everything else. Yep. You're exactly like your dad. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad I can't be my own person. <laughs> um... Yes, so like I said, based on the novel by uh, Anne Rice. Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop saying that. Um, this was actually the first of her Vampire Chronicles. Um, so, I mean, you introduced... Isn't the full name of the movie, Interview with the Vampire, the Vampire Chronicles? Yes. Um, I'm not going to put that on the site. Don't, that's that's yeah. too long. That's silly. Title of the podcast would be like eight lines long. So long. So so many words. <laughs> It'd be like almost as bad as a girl walks home alone at night. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like combined, put those two together. That's the longest title ever. <laughs> People are going to lose interest before they're done reading the name of the episode. It's like, oh, I'm, got it. I'm exhausted. I'm going to take a nap. Girl walks home alone at midnight. The Whatever. I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, Skip. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> Fuck this show. They weren't funny anyway. Um. Yeah, it stars uh, Br- uh, Brad. I almost said Bradley Cooper. Um, I wish that would have been awesome. <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, uh, Maverick himself, and little baby Kirsten Dunst. Little baby Kirsten Dunst. Uh, and Mr. Super Cool Christian Slater. Right. Who is it? Uh, he he apparently replaced River Phoenix. Oh, is that why it said dedicated to River Phoenix? Yeah. River Phoenix was actually supposed to play that character, but he died before. Um, I guess they were filming all those scenes with him last. So he died before those scenes were filmed. Oh. So Christian Slater stepped in last minute, and he actually donated his like all of his pay 
to River Phoenix's favorite charities. Oh, that was a nice one. Yeah. Should have gotten Joaquin Phoenix to do it. Old hair lip. <laughs> Got hair lip and middle tooth in the same fucking movie? Ugh. <laughs> Throw up everywhere. Too many mouth anomalies. <laughs> um, anyway, so this movie is uh, tells the story of uh, Louis. Hold on. King Louis. Yep, King Louis. The giant orangutan. Tells the story of Louis de, uh, de Pont du Lac. Guy um, Le Pont? Nope, not him. Um, who is? Sorry, guys, we're not fucking watching yoga hosers. I'm sorry. It's not gonna happen. Naga, naga, naga. So yeah, uh, Louis is a 200 year old vampire. Just say Louis. Stop trying to fancy it up. What did I say? You're like Louis, 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 Louis. Okay, Louis, Louis. Those are the words. <laughs> nobody knows the words to that song. No, nobody does. There are words. I don't believe you. <laughs> How anyway. drunk were they when they recorded it? So Louis is a 200-year-old vampire. Started out as a man uh, of French Creole descent who was a plantation owner in the late 1700s um, until he is or he lost his wife and child in um, in childbirth and he's been basically trying to commit suicide by other means than his own uh, ever since and that's when he's discovered by um, Lestat played by Tom Cruise um, and so Lestat basically offers him the, the, the dark gift, as he puts it, um, of being a vampire. Uh, after some hesitation, uh, Louis accepts and basically they just go on this almost 200 year long, um, partnership, this companionship of basically seems like they mostly stay in Louisiana um, for most of the story. Um, for starting... Do they say where? Where the plantation is? Uh, outside New Orleans. Right. I don't, know, I don't know if they say specifically. Because they moved to New Orleans. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, Louis telling the story to Christian Slater's character who apparently didn't have a name in the book. Does he have a name in this? Well, the character is actually named later in this in the series. Oh. Um, so I think he did have a name in the movie, but originally in the book he didn't. He was just referred to as the boy. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that's basically what this movie is. It's about their companionship and, like, the... the harsh relationship between him and Lestat. Uh, eventually they take on a young girl as a, as a new vampire who is actually st stuck in the body of a little girl for decades. Ever. Yeah. So while her mind is sort of maturing, her body doesn't. 
kind of like the kid in Near Dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they just have this very tumultuous, ab- abusive, uh, rocky relationship, and Lestat is just a real prick. <laughs> Their relationship kind of like, it's like father-son at points. It's like roommates at points. It's almost like a relationship at points. Yeah, almost like, well, see, that's the thing. This movie, like, I don't know what it is with Anne Rice, but she thinks everyone is gay. <laughs> like, seriously, I think... This movie is very homoerotic. Yes, it is. And that's actually downplayed <clears throat> in what it is in the book, because in the book, Louis and Lestat are actually lovers. Oh, really? Yeah. And I don't know, like... I don't know how descript that is in the book, but, I mean... Yeah, it's at least very strongly implied. This, the homosexuality element of it is very downplayed between Lestat and Louis and Louis and Armand, who's actually played by Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Did you ever see when he too was, sexy. <laughs> when he was on Conan O'Brien and Conan was like, you have to say your name like it's one word. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> no, I did not see that. Um, it's it, like, <clears throat> as far as like the, the homoeroticism goes, it's weird because the scenes between Lestat and Louis where like Lestat is turning him, they're like long and drawn out and like close up with him, you know, sucking on his neck and stuff. And then scenes where they're like pretty much anytime they bite a woman, it's like bite done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they basically just they, like they have like deep longing stares at each other and like these really like harsh arguments and yelling fits and like and like you said yeah when they when they usually like a hooker or barmaid or something they bring them back to their apartment lair <laughs> lair <laughs> um yeah it's like real quick i mean they, they're just simply in it for the for the bite yeah there's very little um reference to any kind of sex I mean if, if any really um, yeah I can't think of any yeah I mean either I guess I mean it's it, it's a it's a very s- sexy movie I guess but it, there's no real reference to like any kind of intercourse or anything yeah. like that um, I think that's just very uh true to Anne Rice's style. I've only read one of her books. They're very hard to get through. I mean, unless they're, that's like really your thing. Hmm. Um, Are they like really long? They're really long, um, really just wordy. She did Queen of the Damned, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if Queen of the Damned was actually the direct sequel to this or not, but it actually gives more of a backstory to Lestat um, and why he's such an asshole. <laughs> Um, because he was basically turned and um, had a bunch of bad experiences with his maker, and you know was was his maker Antonio Banderas? No, his maker was uh, Marius. I think that's his name. Aquarius. Yep. 
This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. I'm going to keep singing while Tony's looking stuff up. Aquarius. I'm so glad this is happening. <laughs> I got to fill dead air here, man. <laughs> so, you know how um, Tom Cruise is a tiny little baby person? Yeah. Um, Lestat describes himself as six feet tall. <laughs> Not even on a good day, Tom. <laughs> he describes himself as six feet tall. Well, a lot of, like, uh, Lestat the Vampire and uh, the Tale of the Tale of the Body Thief, he, like, Lestat narrates it. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. God damn it. Um, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. Gonna find what are you looking for? Uh, who 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 made Lestat? Oh, I forgot we were talking about that. <laughs> I like the uh, I like all the plays with the vampires. Yeah, that was I was watching that scene when I texted you texted you last night. I was like, oh, <laughs> Hamlet, 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 Hamlet! I just saw a fucking vampire. Shit. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Basically. Hamlet, look out! There's a fucking vampire right behind you. <laughs> He's gonna buy you. Um. Hamlet is by far the best vampire play. Oh, absolutely. It's a fucking genius. Uh, I I can't. I'm pretty sure it was our um not Armand um. Marius, I think that was his name. Or All right. Mar- or Marius. It doesn't really matter. It's covered in Queen of the Damned. Um, but yeah, basically, eventually, uh, Claudia and Louis get tired of Lestat's shit, and they burn him alive. After, well, Firstly, Claudia poisons him and slits his throat. Then they dump him in the swamp. Then he comes back, and then they burn him alive. So he's had a rough time. <laughs> uh, and they take off for Europe because they're trying to find more vampires because that's the thing aside from the two of them and Lestat they don't know anything about vampires yeah um Louis was really hoping Lestat could be like a a mentor and a teacher teach him about vampires and, and what it all means and all that but Lestat was really not interested in that because he didn't have that kind of guidance himself, which again is that's that's something outside the scope of this movie. But um, in this, he just presented an, as an asshole, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So they go to Europe, uh, and in France, they actually come across, like you said, a, 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 I think they refer to it as a coven of other vampires who run a theater and put on put on plays about vampires like hamlet (laughs) right but they do it in a way to make it look theatrical like they don't they're not publicly vampires right they put on plays about vampires they're closet vampires (laughs) right but they're actually vampires yeah but they just don't talk about it they don't talk about being vampires but they are vampires don't ask don't tell vampires right it's all very confusing (laughs) uh so, I, I, what, what do you what do you think of this? Uh, it doesn't hold up. Really? You don't no. think so? No. Why is that? 
it just feels I mean it's hard to say it feels dated because it takes place in like the 1700s right <laughs> but uh I don't know it's just I I guess just in today's culture it just seems like all the the homoeroticism and um all of these underlying things just I guess they seem more prominent Maybe it's just because I'm older and I recognize them more. I don't know, but well, I had a thought. Like I was thinking about that, and you know, saying how the homoeroticism is uh, downplayed as compared to the book. Yeah, I think a lot of that had to do with the time era that it came out. It's like nowadays, sure. I don't think it they wouldn't downplay it at all. In fact, I think maybe in Queen of the Damned, they probably played up to it a little more. Maybe not to the full extent as it did in the book, but. <laughs> In this, I think, yeah, early 90s, uh, especially coming off of, you know, not not that f- many years separated from this explosion of HIV. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, gay people were feared back then to, to an extent. Um, I think that's the thing is, like, since it's being downplayed, it almost seems like they're trying to make it seem like it's not there. It's like, no, it's not homoerotic. It's just... You know, vampires. They're just very close. (laughs) They're just really good friends. But, so that almost makes it seem offensive is too strong of a word. But, I mean, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I I don't really... It's almost like they're trying to hide it. Sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, I get you. I don't have those same sentiments, but um, I get what you mean. I I mean I I think I probably started watching this back before I was even old enough to really understand what was going on, um, and it's always been one of my favorites, which is funny because I just really couldn't get into Anne Rice's novels. Yeah, um, and I really don't like Queen of the Damned, but I had I think that had a lot to do with uh, the acting or not the acting but the direction. Um. But I've always enjoyed this. I mean, I I think it holds up pretty well. I mean, I think vampires are kind of timeless. True. I've, you know me. I've never really been into vampires. Sure. I'm not into the like romanticization of horror and all that bullshit. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because this, <laughs> the two movies I was really trying to decide between on this was was this and Thirty Days of Night. See, I actually considered 30 Days of Night, too. Oh, really? But the reason I didn't is because of um, Ultimate Warrior. Or not... What was that show called? Ultimate. Oh, um... Was it Ultimate Warrior? No, it couldn't have been Ultimate Warrior. Deadliest Warrior. Dead. Yeah. Something like that. I think that's right. Yeah, right. because of that show. <laughs> Because the dude from 30 Days of Night was on there, and he was being a total dick to Max Brooks. And Max Brooks was not having it. <laughs> Because uh, it was like, oh, well, zombies don't feel pain. It's like, oh, well, vampires are super strong. What? <laughs> well, they can claw your eyes out. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I was torn between the two, um, and, like, they're basically polar opposites. Yeah. Because in, in Interview with the Vampire, they're very elegant. and um, See, this is more what I think of when I think of vampires, as opposed to 30 Days of Night. 30 yeah. Days of Night is a completely... Not completely different, but a fairly new take on vampires. Yeah, well, 
where they're like kind of more feral almost and they're like much more savage. It's new and old because if you go back to like the earliest accounts of creatures that can be considered vampires, they were like animalistic. Oh, yeah. Like not far separated from, you know, just yeah, wild animals and, and very feral and, and vicious. So, I, like you said, the, it's, a, it's a new take where vampires are much less elegant. But again, it's at the same time, it's also a very old take on it too. Maybe a, a revival of that take, I guess. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the way that vampires have been played for decades. Yeah, and I mean, this is the way that Dracula plays it. So I think that's, you know, yeah. the most famous vampire of all time. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, a, it's not gory. Like it's definitely all. not. Um, really good effects, though. Yeah. Done by Stan Winston. So, I mean, you can't lose with that. Right. Um, so, I mean, like the, there's a, the part where, when Claudia slits Lestat's throat and he's starting to bleed out and his body's starting to shrivel. Um, I don't know how much of that was computer effects. Because I think that was maybe a little, if that was all computer, it was really advanced for the time. Yeah, for 94, I don't think that. But it was weird how they how they managed to do that though, because he's on he's like basically on the floor, like writhing, and his skin is starting to shrink. And that's just it was a really weird effect to do practically. I don't, I'm not sure how they did it. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, but I mean, fucking Stan Winston, he's the man. Yeah, R.I.P. One love. <laughs> <laughs> um, is he dead? Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. When he did died. he die? Probably 10 years ago, maybe. Oh. I want to thank you, Rick Baker. Oh, no. Rick Baker's the, the werewolf guy. Right. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed this movie. Um. It's a little... It's a little, little long. It's a little long. It's It's about two hours on the nose. Yeah. I want to say it's like two hours and two minutes. It could be, yeah. That's like including credits and everything. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's a little foofy for my yeah. taste. Um, but I think that, like, again, I think that's just how Anne Rice is. Yeah. Her representation of vampires. Um, and, like, much like... You know, the slow, staggering zombies are considered Romero zombies. This kind of vampire, I think, is often referred to as Anne Rice vampires. I could see that. So I don't I don't know that I've ever heard that, but... I don't think it's a, as common a term, but... <clears throat> um, anyway. Um, yeah, I think, in general, I enjoy it every yeah, time I, mean, I like, watch even, it. Even though I say, you know, it doesn't hold up well, it's, it's not bad by any means. It's... Yeah. Um, just, you know, different times, kind of watching it with a different mindset. And then again, like I said, being older, I haven't watched this in probably a decade. Mm. Um, yeah, it's still good. It It is a little long for my taste. Um, there, there's a couple points where you, you kind of think that it's wrapping up and then you look and realize there's still like another 45 minutes left. <laughs> See, that's what I was doing during uh, Girl Walks Home Alone. At night. <laughs> um, yeah, I kept looking at the the clock, and it was just like, oh, my 
my god, it's still another 40 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies, like, I know every part of it. I know well, practically line by line. I've seen it so many times, but it's like I still enjoy it every time I watch it. And, um, but, I mean, I guess that that could just be me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big vampire guy. Yeah. So, um, and like that song at the end, the the Rolling Stones song that I didn't I didn't know Guns N' Roses covered that. Yeah, I think they actually did it for that movie. Oh, really? I think I'm not. Don't quote me on that, but that's yeah, a. I really like that version. Yeah, like when it first started, I just kind of assumed it was the Rolling Stones, and then I heard Axel singing, and I was like, "Wait, what the hell?" <laughs> yeah, for uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's uh, Guns Guns N' Roses version of uh sympathy for the devil that's what it's called yeah anyway um trying to think if there's anything we didn't cover uh oh can we talk about the rumored remake for a minute is there oh yeah and uh is it the director of the remake that that said the comments about listat uh you'll have to Oh yeah, Josh Boone. Josh Boone, the uh, Fault in Our Stars. Yep. Fucking Christ. He is directing it, and he says that the only one who can play Lestat is Jared Leto. Yeah, he can fuck right off. Fucking Jared Leto, get the fuck out of here. What was he? Oh, he was attached to Dark Tower, wasn't he? Was he? Josh Boone. Oh, um, the Stand. That's what it was. For I knew, some I knew, fucking reason. I knew it was some Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. Is he still? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it lately. Was that... was one of the McConaughey, right? No, that's the Dark Tower. That is Dark Tower. Okay. But, I mean, it has flag in it, so... Maybe they'll make a Stephen King universe. Oh, God. Don't give me any ideas. <laughs> oh, they've already thought of it. You know that. <laughs> And uh, Anne Rice hated Tom Cruise in this. Did she? I didn't know that. Yeah, she said it was bizarre casting. Huh. I know the impressions I've gotten um, just reading about Anne Rice characters and stuff. I actually, from from what I understand, it seems like Queen of the Damned is actually closer to how the characters represented in books. I take it back. She called the casting bizarre when she heard about it, but then once she saw it, she liked it. Hmm, okay. Uh, I I mean, I don't really like Tom Cruise in general. I think he's kind of a, a dildo, but... Uh, uh, Stuart Townsend playing Lestat in Queen of the Damned, I didn't really care for that much. Um, but it's funny, you know, you think of uh, the Armand that uh, uh, Antonio Banderas played. Very dark and brooding, yeah. long black hair. That's like the polar opposite of what Armand looks like. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, he's supposed to be, like, almost looking like a teenager and having red hair. Huh. Yeah. So. Maybe they just really liked Antonio Banderas. I guess. But they all, if the guy that played Armand in Queen of the Damned actually looks pretty close to that, like, almost to a T. Um. Apparently the, the the plan with the remake is to get uh, new new movies based on the other Chronicles of the Vampire. Okay. 
or Vampire Chronicles, sorry. <laughs> Including Queen of the Damned. So they're going to remake that too. Okay. Unless this article just doesn't know that that movie exists. Might as well. I mean, that movie was doo-doo. Didn't it have Aaliyah in it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was playing Akasha. R.I.P. One Love. Huh? R.I.P. One Love. Right. Uh, yeah, she played the Queen of the Damned. <laughs> the yeah. titular queen. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't... I wanted to like that movie. It just wasn't, wasn't great. Poo-poo. I don't think I ever saw it. I think I heard pretty negative things, so I never bothered. Yeah, it had like Jonathan Davis as the stats from Corn. Yep. What? Yeah. Like you know the premise, right? No. The stat becomes a rock star. God. Like he combines his ability Who to. Who plays the stat in that? Stuart Townsend. Who's that? Pete Townsend. Nope, not Pete Townsend. Should have been Pete Townsend. If you're going to have a vampire rock star, get fucking Pete Townsend. Sure, yeah. Uh, Stuart Townsend. That guy. I don't recognize him. The only other movie I can think of that he's been in is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. All right. But yeah, he uh Lestat becomes a becomes a rock star like like superstar famous rock star. Oh, he was in Battle in Seattle. I saw that. Huh. Um and his music awakens like the queen of vampires, like the very first. Um and they basically become like lovers. And so all the other vampires kind of come together to try and stop her because she knows they they know that she's gonna like basically wipe out the earth, oh, turn humans in like basically turn humans into food or walking food, you know, makes sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, his singing voice was Jonathan Davis, which is an odd choice. It is an odd choice. Yeah, was he all like Yeah, he did that a lot. <laughs> Uh, no, he almost sounded like a combination of like, well, I mean, of, of Jonathan Davis and Marilyn Manson. It sounded kind of like in the middle of there, but anyway, not a great movie. Good to know. Yeah. But it does provide some backstory to Lestat. Like it shows like being, him being made. Mm. Yeah. So Vampires. Hate them. <laughs> um, it's one thing I always hated about Santa Carla. All the goddamn vampires. Anyway, uh, oh, we got to give numbers. Yep. But, um, seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. Seven. Oh, <laughs> you fucked it up. I did that on purpose. Uh, okay, so uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us on this episode, uh, Week of the Vampire. Um, anything else to add, Taylor? Nope. Okay. Well, we'll be back again next week. Uh, until then, or we'll be back next week with our th- third anniversary. Third? Fourth. Is it fourth? Fourth? What? No, third. 
That's third. Okay. Third anniversary. Uh, week of the zombie. Um, we're going to be watching. One of the dead. And, and the dead next door. Right. Thank you. I couldn't remember what it was. One de los muertos. Until then, Taylor, where can they find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Right. And remember, guys, it's getting cold out there. Go check out those sweet Graveplot Podcast hoodies. Super sweet. Uh, it's going to help us out financially. Yeah. And uh, don't forget to hit us up on Patreon. Patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Yes, sir. We're still trying to get money together for our Halloween short, so... Money spending's good. <laughs> so help us out because we love you and you love us. It's a big old love fest. Just juices everywhere. It's the circle of love. <laughs> it's opening. Okay, so uh, until we meet again, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Plot Podcast where we're all a little dead inside.